You are listening to Event Extra, part of the U.S. Institute of Peace podcast network. For more information about our work around the world, visit usip.org and check us out on social media. Welcome. Let me introduce us. You're Arena Amiri, the U.S. Special Envoy for Afghan Women, Girls, and Human Rights. And I'm Adam Gallagher, Managing Editor for usip.org. This week marks the one-year anniversary of the Taliban's takeover of Afghanistan. Many expected that when they swept into power, the Taliban would reprise their oppressive rule of the 1990s. Despite pledges of moderation and reform from some Taliban factions, one year later, those predictions have turned out to be prescient. They have swiftly reinstated many of their harshest policies, pushing women out of public life and brooking no dissent. Special Envoy Amiri, many of the hard-won gains made for Afghan women over the last 20 years are eroding before their eyes. Can you talk a little bit about how their lives have changed in the last year and also what the picture's like for minorities and their rights? Well, first, thank you very much um, to, to you and to the U.S. Institute of Peace for continuing to keep the spotlight on the situation in Afghanistan. Uh, the, the last year has been nothing short of devastating for women, um, ethnic and religious uh, communities. But I, I would say that for the population as a whole, I, I also hear from, from men um, that, uh, you know, that they're in a desperate situation. So it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a context in which it is even more devastating because I think the, the population, what I hear over and over again, that despite the tremendous uh, devastation of, of uh, where thing, how things have turned out, there was still some element of hope that, that, the, that the promise of a reform Taliban would materialize and that they would uh, be better than in the 1990s. And the, the last year I think has in many respects uh, have been a, 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 a scenario that is far worse than any had uh, had prepared themselves for. Um, per, you know, for women and girls, I think that the whole world saw that overnight they were stripped of the, uh, their fundamental rights. You know, and of course, I, I, I want to qualify that certainly the, the picture was very mixed and that in urban centers, um, the women and girls had uh, better opportunities, more advantages than those in the in rural parts of the country. But when I talk to women, you know, from throughout the entire country, what I hear is, is devastation over the situation and that they've lost the right to work. They've lost the right to, uh, to uh, get their daughters educated. They have lost any sense of hope for the future. And for ethnic and religious communities, what they note is that they live under the shadow of threat. They don't feel safe in their communities. They don't feel safe in their homes. They don't feel safe sending their wives to uh, 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 to give birth uh, because of attack the attack terrible attacks that have taken place against maternity wards. They uh, fear for their children when they send their children to school. Um, that that pervasive sense of threat is uh, is a shadow that uh, has overtaken their calculations and the way that they live their lives. And particularly for the Hazara community, you know, I read an, uh, an assessment that there have been over 15 attacks. And it's not just the Hazara community as a, a religious uh, community, but as an ethnic uh, 
community where they are being specifically targeted and where they are they feel that they are being left as soft targets and we hear the same thing from the hindu and sikh community the smileys um uh, the sufis uh you know uh, just across the the country those that do not fit within the narrow confines of what the taliban identifies as people that are aligned um with what their view of the world that they are suffering tremendously right now and yet over the last year despite this sort of shadow of threat that looms over afghan women and minorities uh, many have protested the taliban's rollback of their rights um, including in a demonstration over the weekend that was met with taliban violence I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about what you see Afghan women and minorities doing to protect and their promote and promote their rights amid this sort of terrifying landscape. I think what what the world needs to take away from what we have seen from the Afghan population is that they are not, you know, we see that, that there's a, a narrative around Afghans as victims, but Afghans, I think, are the most resilient people in the world and the most, you know, some of the most courageous people in the world. And certainly we have seen that demonstrated and foremost among them, I would have to say, have been Afghan uh, women. Um, they, uh, we have seen over and over again, despite the tremendously harsh crackdowns by the Taliban against not just the women, but against their, their families, that they continue to go out and protest. And they're not just protesting for their rights. They are protesting for the vision that all Afghans uh, aspire towards, um, which is a peaceful Afghanistan, an inclusive one, one, which, one which is going to be economically viable. You know, I I spend a lot of time to talking to Afghans both inside and outside the country, and I, and and they tell me that this is not this is not just a choice for them. You know that it's not that they're not fearful, but there are some things that are more important than fear, and that is what gives them the courage. That they go out and what they're fighting for is they're fighting for their children, they're fighting for the future of uh, of of uh, the country. Uh, you know, and there are a lot of painful stories that I come right. across. I come across women who say that, you know, up until uh, a year ago, there were judges, there were parliamentarians, there were doctors, and now they have to go through the indignity of, you know, they put on a burqa and they go out and they're looking for, uh, they're they're put in a position of, of being beggars. And they note that the Taliban are more prepared to, uh, to provide support for them as beggars than allowing them to be agents of their own future and as, as active agents in society where they can contribute to the, to the uh, economy of the country. They're, they're also, you know, they're incredibly pragmatic. They're not, uh, they're not looking at this as a black and white, uh, white situation. Where they find Taliban that are positioned or prepared to engage with them and to, uh, to create entry points for them to work, to get uh, or to to do anything constructive, they are willing to work with those talibs. Um, so I think beyond the, what we what I take away is that their vision is um, both defined by pragmatism as well as principles and and tremendous courage. And they want the world to understand that that they are not victims, that they need our support. They need us to engage them as agents of their own future and to look in a very targeted way of how we can support them, whether that's through diplomatic engagement with the Taliban but uh, or otherwise, but that it should not just stop just because the Taliban are being resistant to any type of um, 
uh, uh, movement in a positive direction. Yeah, and that, that's a good segue into my final question. But I also just want to mention that I think that point about pragmatism is is so important. And you you have to wonder why the Taliban can't sort of reciprocate that pragmatism, understanding that they're hamstring, hamstringing their own economy by shutting women out of public life in this way. But to go back sort of on, on what you were closing there on, I'm just wondering if you can expand a bit more on how the United States and, and the international community can help Afghan women and minorities um, amid this really, really tough situation. And then also I'm wondering if you can touch a little bit on the U.S.-Afghan consultative mechanism that was launched at USIP uh, in late July. I think that the, those that understand the situation of why this issue of women's rights and human rights are important don't approach it just from a moral or normative perspective, but from a strategic perspective, that the role of women and we have the data, we have the data from uh, just really very compelling evidence from all over the world that the best way, the most uh, economically uh, effective way, the uh, the one that doesn't require a, uh, a, a large intervention in the future is one in which we equip women um, to advance their the society, and that's that's where we're coming from. I think uh, as it informs why uh, you know the, our approach in the U.S. Afghan consultative mechanism. One that it should be Afghan women and civil society, Afghan voices that are at the forefront of this discussion. They we will be. Uh, capable of making much better policies if their voices are in the lead, if they uh, guide our assessment, if they if our uh, understanding, our policies are grounded in a solid understanding and a solid um, engagement strategy uh, with Afghans themselves. We seek to leverage their voices, to profile their voices, to bring them in in a consistent and systematic uh, way. Um, with U uh, U.S. government officials across the government, sitting across for, from Afghan women leaders, human rights, the human rights community, civil society, as equal actors trying to work together on what the, the specific challenges and identify solutions to uh, develop a coherent approach to systematically engaging them rather than having one-off consultations with Afghan women and civil society that um, where the impact might be lesser than, than something that's more systematic. Thank you so much, Special Envoy Amiri, for joining us this week uh, during this sort of somber anniversary. We really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Event Extra. If you'd like to listen to more one-on-one -on -one interviews or explore our other podcast, visit usip.org forward slash podcast.